Jack Harlow, uh, thanks for jumping on with us here on Zoom. Appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you for having me. So here at Q102, like primarily a pop station, so this is kind of your first dive into the pop world. Now, it's not traditional because it's 2020 and everything's crazy, uh, but are you noticing anything different from your fan base as your music starts to get exposed to more and more audiences now with some of this mainstream play? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it being consumed on a wider level, you know? It's not just um, the young in vogue crowd knowing about it. There's a lot of soccer moms that are tuned in with me right now. So it seems that we're making waves. The whole world's catching catching on, and that's how I want it. So I always say, like, when your, when your song first came out and we started playing it here on Q102, I would always start by saying that if MySpace was still a thing, that what's popping would have been my MySpace song. Uh, did you, <laughs> did you, do you remember MySpace? Do you remember the records that you would use on your profile? I've heard of MySpace. I didn't have one. You didn't have one? You were young bull. You're what, 20, what are you, 22? Yeah, all right. I guess MySpace would have missed you then. Facebook was your first dive into the social media. So you really got to grow up more in front of the camera, in front of social media. Do you think that that's what got you like, what got you into wanting to entertain at such a young age? Obviously, you started making music, but there had to be a bug in you that got you, that, that made you want to get in front of people, right? Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of an attention whore. And, you know, I, I always like to put on a show for my class. I was a class clown, so I always thrive with some sort of attention. But rap music, the way it made me feel, the bravado, you know, it just attracted me. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to do my thing. Like, do you look at it like hip hop music got you, it's almost like a superpower. It gave you like a superpower and like almost like a, a character to fall behind and, and let you live a life that you wouldn't necessarily normally live then? Well, the trouble for me is the music I made and the artist I am, I never have been under an alias or a moniker. I went with my name. And so inherently, my writing is going to be a little more personal to me. And so I never got to feel like it was a character or an alter ego I could duck into. Instead, I'm speaking a personal truth. And there's pros and cons that come with that because I see a lot of these artists, they get to have fun almost as like professional wrestlers. You know, you put on a cape and you get to be this other character. And I think you can almost make a caricature of yourself. And I think that's dope, um, and I'm sometimes jealous to that, but I've decided to go with myself. And so for me, what really attracted me to making music was the writing and the self-expression. So I was always a writer when I was young. It's just the hip hop was the most attractive, groovy way for me to do it. I was always attracted to the rhythm, but it's always been about expressing myself. Well, you know, you can always still go back. Sometimes they say like, you know, like those old old writers back in the day would have surnames or different pen names. And so they would make different projects under a completely different alias. You know, you could always make a different album under under whatever character you want to be. Yeah, I might I might turn into one of them symbols like Prince. <laughs> That's cool. If you were a symbol, what do you think it would be? I'm looking at my keyboard, actually. I like... I like that percentage sign. That is kind of cool. cool. That's fly. Let's let's talk about this remix because 
First, you have MGK, who bodied his own version of what's poppin', which, by the way, shout out to MGK, the man, uh, Midwest boy. And then you release the official remix. So I see the lineup first, and I'm like, okay, DaBaby's the man right now. That's easy. Tory Lanez, I'm like, all right. I, you know, I haven't really spent too much time on the Tory train, but I was like, all right, whatever. Although he, when I listened to it, I was like, damn. But the Wayne verse... Tell me about the moment that you find out that, to me, one of my Mount Rushmore of hip-hop artists, tell me about the moment that you find out that Wayne's jumping on the record. Well, I got to give a big shout-out to my OG Philly Bull, DJ Drama. You know, this is where he really shined for me. I finally bring him a hit record, and he went and he put this thing together in DJ Drama fashion. You know, Drama and Wayne have uh, a beautiful history, a, a rich history with the, the dedication mixtapes and everything. So the Wayne relationship was through him. I found out later Wayne's been rocking with me for a long time, but it's through Drama. So Drama tells me he's going to reach out to Wayne, and Wayne knocks it out in a couple days, and I hear the verse, and I'm like, I mean, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, all right, now we got a remix. What can we add from here? But as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a moment, culturally. Not only did you just get a verse from Wayne, but he even, like, sort of jumped off your bars, you know? Like, that's got to be a crazy moment internally. You know, is that 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 moment of – or has there been another moment where it's kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of – I can't believe I'm out here like this. Yeah, that was one of them. That was definitely one of them, meeting him. Was one of them. It, it has been dreams coming true before my eyes. I mean, the way this record has changed my life, and I was having bucket list moments before this record, but this is the one that has just one after another, man. I mean, it's been a rough year and as a whole, but I'm, you know, the higher power has blessed me with some amazing things to hang my head on because I'm definitely on a weekly basis experiencing that feeling you're talking about of, wow, I fantasized about this and now it's happening to me? Why am I so blessed, you know? We talk about Mount Rushmore's. Do you have a Mount Rushmore? Or is that, you don't have it dialed in yet? Yeah, I got one. Uh, I would say not in any order, just on that big stone mountain. I would say- Are we going four four then? Oh, four? No, I'm going to do five. I'm going to do all five. Right, all right. I'm going to go Drake. I'm going to go Drake, Wayne, Jay-Z, Andre 3000, and um, Eminem. It, it, it's interesting to me that you would put Drake and Wayne there together. Why is that? Well, I don't know, because part of me feels like when you put Wayne there, you got Drake covered, right? Because then doesn't that fall under that? Maybe? I don't know. I didn't know that's what you meant by Rushmore. You're talking about almost like an umbrella of how hip-hop happened? I mean, no. Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm just saying if you're picking picking the top, I guess it would be tough for me to go with two from that sort of same camp. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a tough – see, this is why I love this conversation, because you could sit here and fine-tune it forever, and you could get granular, and you could say, well, but hold on. 
are you really going to hold them to those albums when they did all this? You know, so the Mount Rushmore conversation is one of my favorite to have. Um, throughout, let, let's kind of shift gears here a little bit, talking about quarantine life and everything we've dealt with in 2020. On more of the silly note, let's not get too negative here because it's been crazy. But let's talk about some of the fun we've been having because as guys, we do dumbass shit when we're bored. And <laughs> I know you've been plenty bored. What's the dumbest thing you've done this entire 2020? Out of pure boredom, you and your boys, you're like, I don't know, should we buy that? Should we go do that? Should we jump off that? Should we film that? See, um, somebody have to sit and think. I done spent all my 2020 trying not to do dumb things. <laughs> I ain't done nothing dumb this year, bro. Knock on wood. I've been hey, on man. I've been on point all year. I can't lie. I haven't done anything that jumps out of me as truly stupid. I've been moving very calculated. You know what? That doesn't surprise me of your answer. A guy who, who in, in, in this single talks about your drinking water and wearing protection, it says that you're a calculated move type of guy. Where does that come from telling you to move slow like that? Because you could easily while out. You're young. You got bread. You're out here. You could easily go nuts. What's keeping you grounded like this? You're a very chill dude. What's keeping you like this? Who's the influence? Or is there an influence? Well, one, I would say I got good parents. Secondly, I've suffered some consequences for some decisions before. And I'm just really hungry for what we're talking about right now. That Mount Rushmore you're talking about is a place I would like to be one day. And so that's something that I'm focused on. So I don't know. When I first meet people, I think I, I give like a very serious energy. And then once you get to know me, I'm really an annoying person. But I think when people meet me, I'm very laid back and like tuned in because it's like I want people to know if we're going to focus on something, I'm, I'm ready to. So I don't know. I guess I'm just focused. This this song has made me really happy, but all it's made me do is think about the next song. So I, I, yeah. really, want, I really want to keep it going. That's good, man. I mean, that's I, I feel like there is no other attitude to have if you're trying to be successful at what you're doing. And with as big as this song has gotten, and what I feel is how big is this song is going to get, you know, you talk about that household name, like all the Karens now all of a sudden are understanding and paying attention. And that's a whole different type of money, but it's a whole different type of responsibility. And it's a whole different type of pressure because it's going to put it on you. Because before this record, it was really easy to be the streaming guy. You're Jack Harlow. You're out here popping. All the kids know about you. Now all the Karens are paying attention. You got to show up again. <laughs> but then also at the end of the day, screw all the Karens and screw all this new audience. Because if you don't take care of your root audience, in the core of what got you here in the first place, then that's a whole additional type of pressure. So we talk about the different layers of you. You know, you got a lot of R&B infused with your music too. I think that's kind of cool. Are we going to see more of that? Are you going to kind of release some of that too? Do you think you'll kind of showcase more layers? Or, or how, what's your vibe on, on the evolution of sound of Jack Harlow? Yeah, thanks for asking, man. I, I appreciate you digging into my stuff like that. Um... Yeah, there's no telling. I'm somebody that likes to experiment, and I'm really attracted to melody. So I'm really happy with the success of what's popping. And if anything, it gives me an indicator that they definitely like when I go and do that rapping. 
But there's a part of me that was raised on soulful. I was raised on country music, R&B, groovy stuff. And so I'm just going to do what is natural to me. Uh, there's no telling what that will be in a year, in two years, or in 10 years. But I would say there's no ceiling on it. And to answer your question specifically, yeah, I'd like to keep doing more R&B and few stuff. Uh, you know, melody just has a certain longevity to it. You know, if you really sing a beautiful melody and your voice is attractive in the right way, those songs last forever. You know, those melodies last forever. And I want to make music that is classic. I want to be musical. I don't want to just be, oh, that's a white boy that can rap his ass off. Nah, I want to be somebody that is considered musical and, you know, artistic. That's what's up, man. You think you're going to try and mess around with some of these, uh, like, like TikTok type songs? You can try and get some of those kids out there dancing to your music, or are you going to keep it on more of a soulful vibe? Well, you know, I, I love when they dance to my music, and I'm appreciative that was popping got some attention on there. But to be honest, I've never been in the studio thinking like, oh, TikTok, I need to do it this way. But um, it's always dope when they do embrace it, you know. That's cool. It's a democracy. The kids choose what they choose, man. That is so true, man. We talk about that all the time. Like in radio, we talk about, you know, how people are digesting music and taking music from every which way. And in media, we try to be on top of that and make sure that our fingers on the pulse of it. And the, the best thing about current day is that the audience is in charge more than they've ever been. And so it kind of forces us to break out of the box. I mean, that cliche, you, you know, box that we're living in and that genres are in and that, you know, like, like your generation and the age that you're in, everything that you're saying and everything that you grow up, grew up on is what a lot of the new generation is. So the previous generation is still trying to like, well, wait a minute, is this hip hop? Is this, what is this? We've got to be able to put it in a lane. Otherwise we don't know what to do with it. Whereas the kids don't see any of that, right? The kids like ear candy. They like something that enters their ears and sounds good to them. It's as simple as that. And, you know, I think a lot of people, even myself included, you know, what's popping just hit number two. And the song is, yeah, it has a little chorus at the beginning, but then it's about 60 bars of rap and then another chorus at the end. It's not, it's not a traditional melody hook you know what i'm saying and yeah. the fact that it's gone this far is just a testament to what you're talking about is the people like what they like you know this is an intro really this is just me going off and yet it's commercial right and sometimes what's meant what's not necessarily meant to be commercial uh can be the biggest of its kind and i gotta tell you you talk about you know what the kids are picking and what's available now i mean this 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 year has been a really bad year in a lot of ways it's been a good year in other ways um as far as music goes for me and as someone who i think curates a lot of playlists and does what i do it's been a really bad year for a lot of music with the exception of you and the baby you guys are the two artists that i am the most excited about coming out of this year you guys have been doing your thing the last couple of years but as far as debut onto the mainstream this year is a big year for you guys and i'm happy you're here i'm happy we're playing you on q102 man if this was a normal day and age i'd say hey we'll see you when we're coming to philly um, but I don't know when we'll see you. Do you know when you're hitting the road again? Do, have they talked to you? Do you? Have you had any discussions like that? Up to the world, man. I don't, I don't see it happening in 2020, but I'm sure we'll yeah. meet soon enough. 
Yeah, no doubt. I doubt anybody's moving at all for the rest of the year. But either way, it's going to be excited, exciting to see you have this year for yourself, man. Enjoy the success, and uh, we'll see you when you're in Philadelphia, my dude. Thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed this interview, bro. I appreciate you. Cool, man. Good looking out, and I appreciate the time. And thank you to my Atlantic family. I love you guys. Of course. <laughs>